Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com, where we turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. See, we believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world, even you. Stick around to the end of the show where I'll share info on how you could be our next guest. Three times a week, five to 15 minutes each, learn from successful business owners and professionals. It's time to get inspired. Let's go. All right, Michael McCaffrey, you are the founder and partner of ADA Sure. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. So, uh, Michael, tell me, so ADA Sure, can you kind of explain what it is that you do? Because I think this is going to open up a number of questions I think a lot of people have. And I'm so glad that you're on the show to be able to help answer uh, these questions. Sure. It really, just very briefly, what we do is we make the internet accessible to disabled users. So mm. websites, apps, you know, we make it so that a blind user is able to have the same experience as um, anyone else. So that's really the heart of what we do. Sure. So aside from wanting to make sure that we, you know, a, a website is accessible to the, the greatest number of people, certainly someone that might be used to like, oh, great, here's another website that's it's like not easy to use. Mm -hmm. um, are there laws? Uh, there are, I mean, obviously, there are laws that are designed uh, to, um, to, to make using a business's website accessible. Right. And, and can you kind of explain, I mean, in your non, I know you're not an attorney, but <laughs> explain what the law is, essentially. Sure. It's really the Americans with Disabilities Act. It was enacted in 1990. Really, 1998 is when it was updated to start to include digital properties. That's when websites were starting to, you know, um, come about. So 98 is really when we, we have these rules called the WCAG, the Web Content and Accessibility Guidelines. That's what the ADA uses to determine if this website's accessible or not. Um, so you, what, when you're building a website, the, the idea is that if you adhere to these WCAG guidelines, then you're pretty assured that any kind of assistive technology that a blind person or a hearing impaired person may use, you're gonna be operable with that. So that's really the heart of it. The ADA um, calls out the WCAG guidelines. Um, and that's what we're supposed so to do. So what happens, what happens if a large company is not following those guidelines? Sure, so what, what, what really is what sticks out is the issue. So like, let's say like a, a, if there's a large pizza company, right? And they have an app and most people are ordering pizzas through an app and their website. And let's say, for example, that there's coupons that are only available. You know, you log in, create an account and you have special coupons. The really the heart of the ADA looks at that different and inferior uh, experience for that user, right? So if that person uh, is not able to get those coupons, they're not able to access those coupons because it's not accessible, that is when we start seeing litigation come out because you know you have a, a disabled class of users who suddenly have to pay more for the same pizza just because the website's not accessible. So, okay, so this applies to large companies. How about 
medium and small companies. <laughs> it, there, and so that's good. There are, there are specifics in there. It's companies have to have a minimum of five people. Um, so this isn't really, you know, it's not so much targeted at mom and pop shops. They're looking at, is it um, a retailer? Is there, are you, is it an e-commerce site um, where there are special offers and purchases that really one class of people cannot use? Um, but a local store uh, that just has um, information on location and hours, um, yeah, that's, that's really at the heart of the litigation. It's more kind of the, the larger and e-commerce sites. So how do we know what that level is? Of, of um, the accessibility? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I, I want to know like, okay, so my company's, you know, we're doing seven figures now. Uh, is that, you know, is it number of employees? Is it number of customers? Is it, you know, footprint within a certain geography? Sure. The exemption I heard was if it's less than five people, it's exempt. So, um, you know, small uh, company just getting started, less than five people. That's the only one that I'm aware of that exempts um, a user. Um, from having an accessible website. Ideally, everyone's site is accessible. Um, but when you see a lot of the litigation that's happening now, it is um, really focused on the e-commerce sites. And again, it's a federal law. So anywhere in the U.S. is applicable. Um, and it's wow. really kind of that site where if a disabled user is going to have a different experience and it's going to cause them to pay more or not be able to you know, order something, that's really what this litigation is about right now. And what is the likelihood that, uh, that, that a business might, you know, get complaints, uh, you know, be potentially uh, subject to litigation? I mean, I, help me play the odds here, because I think a lot of people might be thinking, okay, look, we'll address it if we get a complaint, but for right now, we have so many other things that we're worried about. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Sure. So um, really, the people who are at risk, um, when, you, when you, have a, um, you have a website and you also have a physical location, this is one mm -hmm. that we're seeing the largest spike because um, with really the, the, there's something called the nexus. So if um, a disabled person would have to go into that store to make the same purchase that anyone else can make online, that's a huge yeah. red flag right there. Mm -hmm. um, so that nexus of tying into uh, it's a, a website plus a physical location they're, they're really that's what the ADA is um, really focused on. Um, but a small brochure website kind of informational website obviously should still be accessible. That's yeah. not really where the litigation's coming into right now. And it's and it's interesting because as the court is setting the precedence now it's it's in a way it's kind of growing and evolving. So um, it's kind of an interesting time. And so, um, are there, I mean, are there organizations, are there uh, predatory litigators out there? Are there, are there uh, people that are specifically going out to try to shake down businesses it actually, uh, because they might not be compliant? Yeah, I mean, of course, there is, there's going to be that. And I think you see that in kind of any, any industry where there's um, some type of opportunity. You saw that just with the ADA facilities, you know, back in the 90s with the yeah. you know, companies that maybe a parking spot or it wasn't met, uh, didn't meet code or uh, a website, mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, a, website, a bathroom wasn't up to specification. So right. um, you, you, do, you do see that. But then there's also, there are vigilant um, organizations, the National Foundation for the Blind, 
Um, mm. And there are, there's, you know, um, groups of people who are literally, you know, focused on how do we get the word out, build awareness so that this, this law is, um, you know, people adhere to it. You have kind of the, the Food and Drug Administration, for example. There is an enforcement arm out there that is making sure companies comply with the regulations. That's absent from the ADA. There isn't a government enforcement body that's going after these companies. So you do have organizations that are doing it for the good will, you know, and to, and to make these websites and apps accessible. And it's not sort of that surf by lawsuits. It's actually, you know, how do we change perception and make this so it's a common practice if people build accessible websites from the start. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the, I mean, you know, granted, like we, we do want to, I think most business owners obviously would, would probably feel badly if someone who's visually impaired came to their website and it was a horrible experience. I think that the, you know, most of us would be like, Oh, well, shoot, I don't want that to happen. Um, what, what do you think the, you know, kind of the, the minimum everybody should do um, would be, are there any best practices there? Absolutely. And that's a, the WCAG guidelines. Um, there's a, definitely a, a misunderstanding that a lot of this is just simple foundational practices. So a, a really a, a good example is uh, a website that maybe uh, it could be, you know, let's say it's a college or it is um, any type of entity that's making, you know, there's sales and maybe they have a promotion. Maybe, you know, there's a, um, a registration fee for a college is waived in, during a certain semester or there is a, a company that's having a special offer. Really that ad that's being built, it's literally one extra line of code that's been available, it should be, you know, all you have to do is update that so it can explain the offer very briefly to someone with a screen reader. So it's not really implementing new technology, it's using what's already out there. Um, it's just kind of that awareness of, you know what, when we do have an ad and we put the ad on our website, we have to add a description to it so that everyone can hear it. Um, so it's basic design principles, it's just kind of that awareness and understanding where if you aren't aware of that, you're not even gonna realize you need to include that, so. And Michael, who are, who are your clients and what is the problem that you solve for them? Sure. So companies come to us, um, two, two kind of, most, mostly it's e-commerce companies. We have um, some colleges, uh, retailers, um, uh, hotels, um, and it's really those companies that have, um, it's a location somewhere, they have a physical presence and they have the website and they have that disjointed experience. So um, we are finding two types of people. One, it's being people who are proactive. They're, they've heard about this. They want to obviously avoid any bad press and litigation and they want to do the right thing and yeah. make the site successful. So you have the proactive companies and then unfortunately you have companies who have maybe received a demand letter or a lawsuit. So they'll reach out to us too and say, you know, we got this, we don't know what to do. How do we get started? And that's really where we can offer the value to say, you know, we can look at their website, find all the barriers, and then literally, you know, we have tools and software to show them how to fix it so they can do it on their own mm. and then monitor it once they are accessible to remain accessible going forward too. And, and I see on your website, you offer free audits or a free report. Mm -hmm. um, so who would be a good candidate for that free report? Sure. Yeah. Well, this, this free report, it's really any, any company out there who is not certain. If you have any doubt, uh, you know, maybe there you've heard of accessibility you think one of the developers on your team or the agency you hired you think there was some accessibility clause or something you know if there's any doubt i would say come in 
do the free report. We basically scan uh, the top, we do 100 pages of your website um, and then put together a report. It's usually about five pages long or so. And it really just details, you know, hey, this is roughly how compliant you are. Here's some of the major errors yeah. that we're seeing so you can understand kind of what some of the barriers are. Um, and it's a good starting point, you know, um, to see, it kind of raises that doubt. You either are accessible or you're not. And um, if you're not, then we can work with you to get you a plan so you become accessible. Right. And so once a client then, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so Michael, yeah, we're back. Okay. Um, so does a website then, um, so your services then, like you could become their ADA compliance department and then they just keep you, uh, keep a relationship with you. You keep evaluating their website and make sure that everything is up to snuff. Is that right? Yeah. So every month, because websites are constantly changing, right? They're adding new yeah. ads, new pages. So we're able to, to um, every month to produce a new report and it really builds this kind of a trend of compliance. So every month you can show how many errors you started with, how many were resolved and then going forward, it's also a check mark to say, you know what, you, you are compliant. We can certify you as compliant and then you're continuing to be compliant. And I would imagine that could come in helpful if they do get any pushback. Um, like let's say that they actually have to get legal about something. Mm -hmm. They could probably produce a report or something that says, look, you know, we did this, this, and this. You're not, you're incorrect there. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we've been in federal court actually three times last year. I was in federal court as mm -hmm. an expert witness for this. And you're, you're hundred percent correct. Having that, that transaction log to show here's what we've been doing for this amount of time. So, you know, in the event that there is a single issue one time, you're not worried about going to court and, and having a, a large lawsuit, right? I mean, it, that's something that we're able to work with, catch it quickly. And then you also have the proof to show, you know, that there's your trend of compliance. You've been working and focusing on this. So Michael, how did you get into this line of work? So really when I started in the uh, late nineties as a, as a software developer, this was just, um, it, was, it was brand new, it was something we were all learning. Um, but really in 2003 is when I started with a large bank and there they were um, very dedicated to accessibility. So back in 2003 is when I started learning um, the coding requirements uh, and, and how to make accessible websites. So um, it really going all the way back to the early 2000s. Great, great. Well, Michael, uh, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, so you go to the web, adasure.com, and right up at the top there, uh, if you'd like to know if you are, how you're doing, just in terms of usability in the ADA, um, you can click the blue button. It says start test. And, uh, and Michael, thank you so much for the, the service that you provide. Um, thank you very much for the work that you do on behalf of disabled Americans. Uh, and, and, you know, thank you for the, the work that you do on behalf of businesses who I think, you know, for most of us, who probably just don't know that we're not compliant. So it's, I'm, I'm very grateful that, that you're kind of there in the middle making, making sure everybody gets the experience that they desire. Yep, absolutely. That's what we do. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate being Thanks on. Thanks so much. Thank you. Again, Michael, you're the uh, founder and partner of ADA Sure on the web at adasure.com. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. 
if you are a thoughtful entrepreneur or business professional who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And while you're at it, take our free quiz and learn your authority score. That's available for you right now at upmyinfluence.com slash quiz. And please do us a favor. If you liked the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media? Also, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. See, we believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode three times a week, automatically, five to 15 minutes, exactly what you need to inspire yourself just a little bit more, learn from others, and grow. With that, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.